What's up, witches? And welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And this is an interesting podcast in that I don't have any notes in front of me today. And it feels hella weird, but let's do this. So we did want to talk about a couple of things before we get into the topic itself. And the first thing is... Um, we interviewed Amy from Otherworldly Waxes, as you can remember, and the shop has been closed for a while and it's opened back up. So as of this podcast, um, she opened the 18th. So, um, she's going to have classes online. She is open for business. If you want to order a candle, if you're in the lower Hudson Valley, she can do, um, curbside pickup. So, um, you know, check them out again because they're back. And what a great time to be back. I feel like we all could use a little bit of otherworldly waxes right now. Yeah. So. In other news. Yes. Um, to preface, I guess, how we're going to discuss this topic, I have to tell a little story. And to tell this story, I have to remind everybody that this happened, you know, a while ago. During the sort of beginning of the protests. We had posted very clearly on Instagram. Um, And for those of you who are not on our Instagram, we obviously stand with Black Lives Matter. We support everyone having rights and being treated equally and supported. And right now, Black people are not experiencing that. And we made that very clear on our Instagram. During that time, I also made a post in our story basically calling out white people in the quote-unquote spirituality community to unpack why spirituality is so white. And I made this post for a reason that I felt was, you know, understandable. And Scorpio, you reached out to me and said that it didn't feel right for me to have posted that. Yeah. Um, It's weird because... You know, I, obviously, um, I look at the stuff that you post, you know, when I post, but I know that's like your realm, you love to post on Instagram. So I kind of like take a back seat on that, although I check to see if people have commented and whatnot. Um, but it felt we- for the first time since we started doing this podcast, that felt weird as a person of color. It just felt weird. And I'm trying to remember the the wording, but it was something to the effect of how white people are spiritual, but BIPOC people are religious or something like that. The post that I made was, um, white people, you need to unpack why spirituality is so white. And when we discussed it, I brought up the fact that in my experience, I understood spirituality and religion as two different things. Right. And that's what drove us to talk about that on today's podcast. But I think for me, what rubbed me the wrong way was I I don't see spirituality as white. As somebody who's not white, um, my household was incredibly spiritual. And it, and it came at me in so many different ways because my father's traditions were different from my mother's traditions. And my mother kind of, you know, went with my father's traditions by the time I was born. But I was raised with her mother and her grandmother being a strong influence in my life. So I understood spirituality. I just felt that I was incredibly spiritual. And from my 
perspective in my little, and I'm talking about as a kid, I'm not talking about me now, but Mm -hmm. as a kid, I just remember thinking white people were very religious. They were very much about going to church. They were very much about doing what they had to do on Sundays. And, you know, some people went to church every day, whereas in my household, no matter which side it was on, spirituality was very much in the home. Now, did we go places? Yes, we did go places, but it wasn't necessary. It's like everything was in the home. Everything you needed to be a spiritual being was being grown in your backyard or it was being created by somebody in the home. Um, So to me, when I saw that, I, yeah, I I bristled and it kind of upset me because it was the first time, I guess I was looking at it as if I was looking at this post and it wasn't my post it wasn't witch space i don't know that i would like these people do you know what i mean i don't know that i would feel comfortable mm-hmm. with these people um it, it might be the the point where i go all right well i'll see what else they post and maybe i'll unfollow that was my take now the thing is i know you and i know that's not where we come from so i was like oh okay we need to talk about this like what's going on with this post because it definitely felt it definitely alienated me and it's and it's my post in a way you know what I mean I didn't post it but you know what I mean so and I felt like when we had the conversation about it it was so relevant and important that it was something that would be really valuable for us to discuss on the podcast Mm -hmm. because when I when you said to me like hey I feel uncomfortable about this I mean first things first we took the post down like obviously I don't want to make you uncomfortable in your space And then I tried to explain to you where I was coming from and in having the conversation kind of realized where my bias was showing. So for me, I was like, I made this post because when you look at sort of the quote unquote spiritual community, and I was using it really as a synonym for new age, which is not necessarily the same thing. When you look at who is popular and who is important and who is getting recognition, a lot of those faces are white. And so for me, I thought that I was calling on people to challenge, why are you seeing so many white faces in this community? But in reality, what I was saying was, white people are the only people that are spiritual, which is not a true thing. Um, and it, it especially called into question, for me, I saw the opposite of you. You saw white people as very religious. I saw people of color as very religious. In the community that I grew up, you know, there's a lot of Hispanic people. They always went to church, very, you know, devout Catholics. Um, I saw Santeria, I saw voodoo as subsets of religion. Like these practices were religious practices to me because I didn't really understand them. And so being able to have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, you know, this is not necessarily how we experience the world – I think there's a lot of people in the new age community, especially who who look like me and who don't understand the difference between these things. I mean, I think it's all interwoven, right? If you asked my grandmother her religion, she would say she was Catholic. If you asked her her spirituality, she was Santera. I mean, that's kind of how that went. Um the, the word bruja didn't really come into their vernacular because it had a different connotation, right? It was almost negative, I think, in mm-hmm. their generation. So they were very specific about the wording they used. I think that as 
we have continued to evolve and become part of the conversation, we've become more comfortable with terms like bruja. I like that word. Um, and But I also understand where it comes from. It comes from not just a formalized practice like Santeria, which many do see it as part of a religion, Whether you, but you can say that you're, that's just your spirituality. I think that that's up to mm-hmm. the individual. I'm not going to label people and tell them what they have to be. But when you say bruja, you're talking about more than just um, the institutionalized magic that you may have learned. It comes from folk magic. It comes from your people. It comes from your culture. So to say bruja, a bruja, the way I've always understood it, you're not going to be the same. You know, when you say Wiccan, yes, there are different forms of Wicca, but we kind of all know what we're talking about. And yeah, we kind of have an idea of what a bruja is. But when I meet a bruja from a different culture, I want to understand what she does, who she is, because it's going to be different from me. It doesn't make her or me less of a bruja, but it definitely is Mm -hmm. going to be wedded more to the culture that we come from. Um, I also think it's interesting when you say, well, you know, it's the people that I see. And and I look around and I go, I see a lot of people of color. And I remember I said that to you. I said the high priestess of the Wiccan church in Manhattan is black. So, you know, and and if we go to... Um, oh my God, Light Club Curiosity Shop in Sugarloaf. Mm-hmm. High Priestess there is Latinx. So I see a lot of people of color in, let's say, traditional witch roles as Wiccan roles. I see a lot of, obviously, people of color in traditional voodoo santero roles as well. So I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. Well, I think that that sort of led into the second part of the conversation, which was sort of, we need to be opening our horizons and, and making sure that we are seeing the different um, different aspects and the different parts of the, you know, larger spirituality umbrella. Um, but it led me to another question of, you know, I want to... I want to encourage people to follow like hoodoo practitioners, santeria practitioners, et cetera, et cetera. But then you also have to be cognizant of the fact that when you are consuming this media, you need to make sure you're not also accidentally consuming their culture and consuming their practice because it is very easy, especially on Instagram, which is kind of where I frame a lot of my conversation because that is where I'm doing most of my witch space work. It's very easy for somebody to post like a thing that they're doing, not necessarily an invitation for you to do it too, but just a thing that they've done and, oh, that's really clever. I could use that without necessarily being cognizant of the fact that there are some things that you shouldn't be using. And so how do you then appropriately make these suggestions, appropriately open your horizons without also taking things you shouldn't be taking or trying to insert yourself into conversations you shouldn't be inserting yourself into. I would say one of the first things is to listen. I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to learn, but I also think you need to have an invitation from the person because I know people who, um, who practice, whether it's hoodoo or voodoo or santeria, and it's not part of their culture, but if you come to something with an open heart, when you come to something 
with honest feelings, then it's up to then the individual to invite you or not. And you don't have to be a person of color. You have to, I mean, I mean, you don't have to not be a person of color. For example, um, I was offered, Baharat Santo is to find out who your saint is, who your Orisha is. Um, it's just somebody that I met and they didn't know me. You know, they didn't know necessarily my background. But he had a feeling. So he offered and I'm like, I'm good. Because that's like, and he said, they love you. The Orishas love you. And I want to say to him, there's got to be a reason. So please like stop because I don't want to discuss this with you. And this person was, you know, same culture as me. But a lot of times, even if you are of the same culture, you kind of have to, I don't want to say wait for an invitation because if it's something that calls to you, you should follow it. But at the same time, wait to see who is doing the inviting, who is asking you to come in. For my my upbringing, it was my elders. It was my grandmother, my great-grandmother who would make games out of knowing the names of things when I was very little. And for them, it was to see where I fell in this. You know, my, my cousins do not have stories like this of being shown little things here or there. So I think for them, it was a little bit of a test. Is this person going to, is this person meant to follow this? Is this person not meant to follow this? Um, you know, so I am never going to say that if you're not a person of color, that you don't have the right to learn something because if it calls to you, and also, you know, as a witch, I do believe in reincarnation. So how do you know this is not a past life that's calling to you? Mm-hmm. You know, what if you you did practice this and you, you love it? It's It's who you are. I think what you said, though, is that's the crux of it. Are you going online? Are you going on Instagram? Are you going on TikTok? Are you just going on these social media platforms and saying, that looks cool? You know, because um, if that's what you're doing without really thinking about what you're doing, that's where the problem is. And I have to admit, you know, when we started doing um, Sit and Spell Sundays, I was always stuck on what to do because part of me is whatever we do, people should be able to do as well. And for me, particularly, I don't necessarily share everything. So here's a little plug for about me. So I did that witchcraft level one class and I'm doing witchcraft level two. So that's all in the can. It's all ready. It's whenever they want to release it, they'll release it and we'll have information on that on Instagram. But when it comes to me teaching, I'm an eclectic Wiccan. So I will go Wiccan first before I start teaching Mm -hmm. something else. Does that mean that I don't teach? Yeah, I pick and choose what I want to teach. But I guess for me, there's something about holding on to my culture and holding on to what I have learned that I'm not always ready to just divulge and just give to people, bam. If there's a Wiccan alternative, I'll go that way before I say, hey, you know, you can do this. You know, um, before I tell you how to get rid of a guest the way my family taught me, I will tell you a nice way of getting rid of people with, you know, a Wiccan way. I'm trying to figure out how I want to, because there's a lot of things in my head right now. Um, I think one of the things that was really beneficial for us for Witch Space doing Sit and Spell was the fact that I am a secular witch. 
because a lot of what I did when I was younger was try to kind of like remove the religious aspects of my practice, like unpack the things that I learned from Wicca that are based specifically in Wiccan religion. You know, um, I don't, I don't work with like elementals at all. I don't really have a, I like, I used to, when I was young, have a representation of the four elements on my altar. And, and then I was like, this isn't, this is Wicca. This is not me. So I took that out. So for me, it's easier for me to share because I have been trying throughout my entire practice to make sure that I'm not doing magic in a in a religious way. I think this is probably the crux of it. This is where you and I have differed and where I have learned to understand when you say secular, what that means. And I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I used to think secular meant you were like atheist or something like that. And I used to think, all right, how can you work with energy if you don't believe that energy could possibly exist. I'm not talking about God. I'm just talking about energy work, yeah. you know, which is what I tell people in my classes. You have a choice. You can you know, go a religious route. Or you can go just the energy route. I mean, it's all valid. Um, in fact, I really love when people tell me about traditions from their families because that, to me, is the strongest magic there is, right? This thing that is in our cultures, in our backgrounds, that's been passed down. But I don't necessarily think when I talk about not wanting to post stuff, it's not because it's religious. Because if I'm going to get religious, I'm an espiritista. Right? My practice with my gods, or that side of my religion, or that side of my spirituality with my Wiccan gods, is something I add to that. And then I have cultural things that I add to that. So... I mean, it's kind of hard to, to explain. So for me, what's hard about um, doing sit and spells was not necessarily the religious aspect. In fact, I think it's easier if I go... See, and not all of what you do in Wicca is going to necessarily be religious. Right. In nature. But I think what's easier for me is to not necessarily do things that have to do with my culture or my more bruja practice. I've done very little. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of that is preserving that tradition in a yeah. sense. I think in the back of my mind, I think how much do I really want to put out there? And then everybody's doing this stuff. Like everybody has to burn Palo Santo without really understanding. Yeah. Right. The work that it takes to get it and who uses it. So, you know, I don't know if it's a protective thing or what it is. You know, I have tried to let out a little bit, and I do that in my classes, and I did something live. I did a workshop um, that we talked about, and I did let out other things that I do. But there is something about it that, for me, I am protective of because I see too much of people going out on social media just grabbing onto everything. So you mentioned TikTok before. Yeah. There was, um, I don't know if it's still going on. I just lurk on TikTok. Like, I just I like to watch things. Um, there was a very big conversation going on throughout like hashtag witch talk about people appropriating specifically um, Haitian hoodoo and voodoo. And the, the statement that was being made by the practitioners that I personally trust and by the people who are knowledgeable about this topic was find a priest. And I think that that was like the best advice that you can give anybody in this topic, not necessarily, you know, priest specifically, but find an elder, find somebody with 
the knowledge and the understanding who is open to teaching you. Don't just go in and take it. Don't just go in and, you know, oh, I'm following House of Hoodoo on Instagram and she posted that she's doing something, so now I'm going to do something. Just because somebody is posting something doesn't mean that that's an invitation. Showing you their life isn't an invitation to copy their life. And so it was really, it was really nice for me to sort of see that. And it kind of happened a little bit after we had had the conversation about spirituality versus religion. And and it helped me to kind of understand sometimes there is this kind of like inherently colonial bias that we don't always unpack, especially as people who live in America, of the idea that like religion and spirituality are kind of the same thing. You know, people are going in saying, oh, well, I can do um, hoodoo and voodoo because the the loas are just saints, or I can practice Santeria because the orishas are just saints. No, They're, that's terminology that was used to help bridge the gap. But you don't get to become part of a religion just because, like, you were raised Catholic. You need to find somebody who can and is willing to teach you the bridge. I think you also have to accept the fact that just because somebody says, okay, I, I think that you should do this. I think you've come to this with, for a good, with a good reason, you know, um, that other people are necessarily going to accept you because somebody else has taught you. Yeah. You know, there is this feeling. Um, I saw somebody once ask during this conversation, oh, I really want to learn New Orleans voodoo, which is different from other voodoo. And the person that they were talking to just laughed and said, unless you are from New Orleans, you have no reason to learn mm-hmm. New Orleans voodoo, you know, um, yeah. because there's something that it's, uh, it's about the culture of New Orleans. It's about the heritage of New Orleans. And I understood what he was saying. He was respecting that heritage. Like, why are you, if you, now you're living in New Orleans, but you came from God knows where, like, why do you have to learn New Orleans voodoo? It's not your people. It's not your place. Does everybody feel that way? I can't tell you that everybody in New Orleans would feel that way. Um, but this particular person did. And I, I respect that about him. Um, I did go to an open um, voodoo ritual. And by open, I mean it was not. It was okay to have visitors for this. It was an intense work. The people there seemed very open, very willing to explain things to people. You know, is that wrong? No, I don't think that's wrong either. We don't know why people come to things, why people are drawn to things. But I do think we live in a very consumer-driven society where are people just doing this because they want to buy this stuff and then they just want to put it on like a costume and say, this is who I am now. But I think that's happening with Wicca too. I don't think that it's just necessarily people trying to, you know, absorb other cultures and appropriate other cultures. I think that it's happening with Wicca with some people really like studying so hard and focusing on things and other people who just come out and like, oh, I read that. Oh, I know this. Or I know that. And you're like, you've been doing this for a year, like have a little bit more respect for the person who's also been doing it a year. And is like, okay, well, I'm just struggling with whatever divination right now. Like, that's all I'm focusing on. I don't really have time to focus on the gods or I'm trying to, but I I can't really keep track of all the holidays because I'm trying to learn. That's just as valid. You know, I think people, people everywhere are coming to things with open hearts and people everywhere are coming to things just to put it on and, and try it on and say, this is what I am now. I think that part of that was also like the difficulty for me in, in this sort of religion versus spirituality conversation, because 
there is, there's kind of like a social thing where spirituality is kind of looked down on and made fun of. Um, especially like, oh, like you're a white girl who's into crystals. I bet you're not religious. You're spiritual. So for me, I, I internalized that and I made those two different groups. Like if you're more religious, that's more like valid and you're like doing your work. And spiritual to me was more like, oh, well, you know, I just picked up some crystals and I'm like really in touch with my aura. But like, that's, that's fucked up. And it took you saying to me, hey, this this isn't right what, the way you're communicating it to be like, oh, this belief that I've internalized is actually harmful to me and to my community. And so it's important that like we kind of are, are able to take a step back and be like, hey, why do I believe this thing? Because there is no reason for me to sit here and be like, yes, spirituality is only when you're faking it. It's only when like you're a Wiccan for a year and you think you know everything. Like, no, that that's not true. You know, the interesting thing about crystals is I don't like talking about them. I feel that's what everybody wants to talk about. And it kind of turns me off. It's the in thing right now. So it's just like, we shouldn't also, we also shouldn't be like digging into the earth and taking all these things just willy nilly. So it just makes me nervous when people when I've done workshops and things and people are like, oh, what would be a good crystal for this? And I want to go, bitch, am I talking about a crystal right now? No, I'm not, right? I'm talking about something else. Yeah. Just, no, I know you mentioned crystals and that's one thing that came <laughs> into my mind is the misuse of crystals, I think, or the overuse of crystals. Well, and I think that that's why crystals are especially associated with this like toxic view of spirituality. Because when people... I don't entirely know even where this idea came from, but when people are trying to like discredit spirituality as a concept, it makes sense that they would pick the thing that is the most controversial, right? Not having a religion for a lot of people is very controversial. So I understand why you get this stereotype of, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual in a negative way. Crystals can be very controversial. I understand why that becomes part of the stereotype because it's it's an active discrediting discrediting of people. But in reality, and and again, like you saying something made me think about it. I don't I know more witches and I know more people who are considerate and caring and who are spiritual in a valuable and and deep way. I know more of those people than I do people who are like, yeah, I just like really needed an amethyst today. So I bought one. And so me holding on to that belief is is harmful to the people that I know and care about that are good, genuine people. Me making an assumption about spirituality based on a belief that I do not hold, that I do not know where it came from, is toxic to my community. I think we're also being programmed to feel a certain way, you know, Pretty soon, next month, in fact, um, Starbucks will announce when pumpkin spice lattes are going to mm-hmm. be back. Because last year it was August, so I'm assuming they're going to bring it back in August. And then all the jokes start happening. Yeah. You know, for anybody who is female identifying, wanting to buy that, oh, you're basic. Okay, why is it all the things that we like are made fun of? And I'm just kind of sick of it. Like, I'm not basic. I happen to like, they made a product that I like. I'm going to drink it. You know, uh, we don't make fun of people who identify as men for the things they like as much as we try to constantly put down 
right? Yeah. I, and I don't understand that. So I, and I think that that, fl- that floods into our community as well. I think that there's something to be said for the messages we get in society outside of the spiritual that we carry into the spiritual. So yeah. if a lot of women are really into blank, right, they're really into crystals, we make this assumption, oh, that, that's all they're into. And it could be. I just wish people would expand their minds beyond crystals. Like crystals, yeah. it's almost like it's the um, the gateway drug into <laughs> into Wicca. Crystals like, are you know, marijuana. You expand your mind. Yeah, you don't necessarily need crystals to start your journey. Um, yeah. But some people are drawn to them. But I do see where this is something that's happening. And I don't know. And, I, you know, if somebody who is not female identifying feels the same way that maybe it's just a witch thing, um, you know, let us know. But I kind of feel that that's where a lot of that comes from. It just comes from society, just making fun of us to begin with for things that we like. And now, you know, in spiritual practice, we do the same thing to, yeah. to others. I don't know. Just a thought. I think um, I joke a lot about how shadow work is just therapy for witches. Mm-hmm. But I think that mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that shadow work is really valuable for, is for confronting these sort of societal beliefs that we've been given and, and understanding why and where they come from and whether or not that that's something you really believe or something that just you kind of repeat. Um, for me, I definitely, you know, went to my tarot deck and was like, how can I unpack this? Like, where where are ways that I can improve in the way that I'm communicating in the way that I'm understanding society and and the world that I live in. And so I do really recommend like if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh my God, I was I didn't think of all of these things. Take some time just like by yourself, pull your cards, unpack it a little bit. You know, runes, um what is this? The hangy thing. Pendulum? Pendulum. The hangy thing. Yeah, the pendulum. The <laughs> um take a minute and like just sit with yourself because I think that's that's the thing that like when you make fun of a of a basic girl for having crystals, it's like the joke is that they're not sitting, that they're not taking time. And to unpack that joke, you have to take time to unpack, right, right the, the colonialism that is taught to me in schools about like religion being the right way and spirituality being the wrong way, I have to sit with that to unpack it. I can't just wake up the next day and be like, oh, I'm better now. I fixed it. Take take some time. Use your the tools that you have. Use the meditation that you do to really understand how to remove or change these beliefs in a way that is better for you and for the community that you're a part of. And I think also this community has become so wonderful because we are all learning from each other and we are taking from each other. And I say that in a positive way, right? When somebody wants to learn something that's a different tradition and they take the time to truly learn it and truly respect it, it just makes everybody's practice stronger. Yeah. You know, Um, and I think that's why so many people prefer being solitary because when you're in a traditional coven, when you're not in a coven where it's all about sharing what you know and not necessarily putting people down or saying you have to do what we do, um, you grow, you learn, you become stronger, you know? Um, and everybody has something to offer. Um, recently, 
I spoke to Virgo about some of the things she likes to do. And, you know, she's kind of like a baby witch. She calls herself that. She's she's learning. Yeah. Um, and when I told her what we liked that she did, I'm not going to start talking about, like, you know, she does things that are, like, craftsy. And she was so excited. She's like, oh, I'm going to do PDFs. I'm going to do whole lessons. I'm going to, yeah, I mean, she's so excited to do this. And she's so used to just being there, like, listening. And it's about tapping into what people like and yeah. what they want to do and what they want to share. It doesn't matter how young they are or how young as far as into the practice, not young as far as age. Everyone's got something to offer. So it's good to learn from other traditions and other people. It's about not pushing people to open up too much and respecting that and understanding that, you know, when it's like you say, it's unpacking. Everything is not appropriation in my eyes, right? Everything yeah. is not taking I, to me appropriation would be if you know you were not let's say latinx and all of a sudden you really wanted to be santera and okay so maybe somebody wants to teach you you know that doesn't mean now that you have to i don't know eat certain foods and yeah you know try to be latinx like just be yourself and understand where this tradition comes from and learn from it and be the best santero that you can be, you know. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. If somebody's willing to teach you, that means that a santero is not going to teach you unless they have the okay from from the top guns, right? Yeah. So that means there's something about you, you know. Just honor that. Honor who you really are and then honor what they're teaching you. And I think that's the difference between appropriation in my eyes. And, you know, everybody's got their own view. If you're coming to things with respect and you're not trying to take everything or put on a persona of somebody you're not, but you are interested in a particular practice, and that to me is not appropriation. Somebody has told you or you've been called to it, and you know now you take that path and you take it with your own culture, but you... I think um, as you were describing that, I kind of imagined the difference being like if a person who traditionally uses Palo Santo like in their culture gives you a piece as a gift... Oh yeah. Burn it. Yeah, like burn that. There was a gift. It's for you to use. But if you just go by Palo Santo as a person who has no cultural ties to Palo Santo because you think that, oh well, I, I need it, that's probably appropriative. Like there's respecting the culture and then there's taking from the culture. And I think that being in conversation with the people who are the stewards of that practice is the first step. You know, like you can't just decide yeah. in your in the safety of your home with no one else, I'm going to do this and then disregard the stewards of the things you want to do. Like they're there for a reason. Of course, if you have any of these things in your home, do not get rid of them. Actually use them. No, because I could see somebody saying, oh, my God, I shouldn't have this. I'm going to get rid of it. That's that's even worse. Right. Yeah. Just throw something out. So, you know, you can use stuff. But yeah, I agree with you. It's something that you have to think about and reach out to people. This is a good conversation. I feel it's the witch equivalent of the other conversations that are going on right now when it comes to what we teach in schools, what we teach. Um, it's funny because I had a conversation before school got out and they were talking about, okay, so we have to diversify the curriculum. And I'm just sitting there like, I've already done that. I don't know what you're going to do this summer, but I don't have a problem with my curriculum. It's it's all over the place. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but then again, it, 
I mean, look, I was raised in New York City. So for me to have curriculum that is, doesn't represent the population of what's happening and to find good writing everywhere. Yeah. is just, it's absurd. You know, it's like, what are you reading? If you, if you haven't diversified your curriculum, you, you haven't read anything yet. What yeah. are you reading in your personal life? You know, because I don't know. And I think it, it's a little bit tough in which conversations because you want to encourage people to diversify and be open to and learn from and experience all of these different religions and spiritualities. But you also don't want anyone to like internalize whether on purpose or accidentally practices that are not available to them necessarily. So I'm going to phrase that. Um, And so it's like, it was something that I knew I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast, one, because I think it's something that has to be ongoing, you know, especially for like the white people that are listening, my people, we need to unpack so much stuff um, that, you know, I, I felt like it was necessary to have, but it's also a conversation that like, I want our listeners to get involved in because obviously like we're just two people with two experiences and maybe they have good advice on like, oh, well, you know, you should read these books or you should talk to these people because if we're not, if we're not open to new things and if we're not experiencing new things, we can never grow as people. We can never diversify the curriculum of our hearts. Oh my God. That was dope. That's the tagline. Okay, I wish everybody could see your face right now because you are so proud of yourself. I am so proud it of myself. Just, she's so smug right now. I did so good. I feel At the like- same time though, I... Okay, go ahead. Just, just I just feel like I should end the podcast there. It. Just... We're done. Okay. <laughs> no, not really. Go ahead. That would have been a good end. <laughs> and on that note, diversify the curriculum of your heart. Um... But let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that when we're talking about Wicca, as much as we can trash Gardner and we can get away from him and, and everybody who's come after him, um, they're original. The originals. Yeah. Okay. Not the vampire show. <laughs> yeah. The originals. The OG Wicca people. They're white. It, it all comes from this tradition from Ireland or Scotland or England. And that's okay. You know, you don't have to say, well, oh, God, so does that mean I can't follow it because I am blank? No, no, no. I think that was a jumping off point. We have to know that, right? Whatever it is you're doing, even if it's, you think it's very far removed, it came from a white dude who decided to sit down and write this stuff down. Ceremonial magic and all that stuff. You know, he sat down and he brought it all together and there we have it. And that's fine. I think the fact that there are people of color navigating the traditional witch space. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast over. I can, be, I, I can be cute too. Uh, the traditional witch spaces. It doesn't take away from that. And it doesn't mean that people of color can't be Wiccan, obviously. So there's a lot that we can learn. There's a lot that we've learned from the traditional people. And now it's time to incorporate more voices and it's time to have this grow I really think we're going to get stronger. You know, um, I don't want people to feel guilty about, you know, oh my God, am I appropriating this? Am I doing that? 
I truly believe if you're going at things with a pure heart, if you really want to learn something, do it. I think it's fantastic. You know, um, the more you know, the more you incorporate into your practice, I feel the more whole your practice will be because it's not just going to be this narrow view of what, uh, if you're a Wiccan, of what Wicca is, or if you're a witch, of what a witch can be. I think, and I always tell people, honor what you think you know first. Honor your family, honor the culture, honor whatever it is you were taught by your grandmother. And you're like, I don't even understand why they're doing it this way, but I love to do blank. Honor that, add layers to it. You know, but like you said, learn from the people who this culture is, a you know, really of and incorporate stuff. I think, yeah, I think there's a fine line between appropriation and actually incorporating. And I think when you incorporate, I think it's the intent. And we say that with spells. And I think the same can be said for where you learn these things from. It's the intent that you have, why you're taking. I think the more we learn from each other seriously... I think we're going to get stronger and stronger. And I don't mean that as a, you know, power trip, we're going to get strong. I mean, we're going to really be able to communicate with each other and understand from each other and grow. And yeah, the practice itself, I think is going to be so far removed that Gerald Gardner wouldn't even recognize it to a certain degree. And I think that's fine too. Yeah. I think, um, I I think this is the beginning of larger conversations. I think that, this is something that we wanted to start talking about because it was relevant um, both to us as witch space, but to the larger conversation. But obviously there's, there's going to need to be more conversation, not just from us, but from everybody. But I think that's really kind of what we've been saying this whole time and what this all comes down to is there has to be conversation, right? We, we have to be communicating with each other. We have to be learning from each other and we have to be able to, like you said before, to learn more. We are able to center ourselves in our practice more. We are able to find what truly calls to us more by being connected to other people. Even if it's, you know, the bare minimum and you're like just occasionally commenting on somebody's Instagram or just watching someone's Instagram quietly, you know, listening to the things that they post, like even if you're starting there, opening up the conversation is so valuable to each individual, and to the witch community as a whole. So Moda B, sister, you got it. This was good. Diversify the curriculum of your heart. Oh, God. Why did I say that? Why did I even go into that? I have no idea. I'm going to text it to you occasionally. It's just going to be randomly like, hey. I know. I guess to sum up, we want to hear from people. You know, um, did this podcast resonate with you? What do you think we should talk about? What you know? What do you think yeah. about all of this? So definitely reach out to us. You can reach out to us um, on email, right? Witchspaceco at gmail.com or Instagram. You can, you know, send us a message that way. And the next episode, I have no idea what book I'm talking about. So we've decided to do different books. Got my little goblin hands ready. <laughs> we're going to talk about books. That's all we're going to give you because there's so much to talk about when it comes to books and witchcraft. Well, fiction. We're talking about fiction. It's summer reading. There is so much to talk about. So, yeah, that's the next one. She's way too happy. I'm kind of scared. I think I'm scared because I know you love science fiction. And I'm just like, oh, science fiction. Okay. I don't know what you're going to pull out. I have a very 
long list. Could be anything. Like, I, we're, this is going to – so for the summer reading that we just did, the Witches in TV, the actual episode was, like, over an hour long, and I ended up having to cut back some stuff so that it would be, like, a reasonable length episode. I truly believe that the next episode we're going to have the exact same problem. It's going to be, like, two hours long, and I'm going to have to cut it back because I could go for days. For days. And, you know, I, I missed something. I missed something in the Sabrina and somebody mentioned it on Instagram, and I was like, I know, I totally forgot to talk about that. Last season, they brought in the pagans, and they were celebrating Astara, and of course, they're like these horrible things, and they mixed in like Greek uh, gods, Medusas in there, and all these things, and I'm going, all right. Yeah, that was just felt kind of icky, and somebody mentioned it. I totally forgot to talk about it on the podcast. I was so fixated on the first couple of episodes, yeah. I didn't even go into that, and I'm like, oh yeah, I was totally pissed when that happened, but... Yeah, we've just picked, like, really content-heavy topics we're done. for, like, all of summer reading. So all we talk about yeah. is just, like, these, like, very dense topics for hours. It's a little cuckoo. All right. Well, that's a wrap. It is for real. We're done. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to us. I personally really appreciate the fact that we get a platform to do this, to have these conversations. Um, and for me to be clever on the internet. Absolutely. Thank you to Sean McShane for the intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us.